Advocatus Diaboli, Hwanch de Medellin, Diane Waugh, and Christina Jones presiding. We now join the excommunication of white women already in progress. White women of the United States have been charged and convicted of the following sins against the culture. Consorting with the devil, treason against the movement, by levying war against it, and giving the devil his and his minion aid and comfort. Bearing false witness, aggravated failure to be about shit, aggravated vulturing of culture, and innumerable acts of aggravated get the fuck out of here. The archbishops of the culture have passed their sentence. White women have been banished from the cookout and shall be shunned and shamed henceforth and for all time. Toll the bell, close the book, and snuff the candle. Down-ass members of the culture, we come not to justify their actions. We come not to defend them. We come simply to ask the question, are they redeemable? Is there a penance that they can do to regain entry to the sacred cookout? We know that by interceding and advocating for the salvation of excommunicated heretics, we risk our own place in the sacred cookout. We risk being branded heretical apologists. And after solemn reflection, we have decided we don't give a fuck. If nuance and cool-headed self-reflection die, the culture will follow. Love is making us ask these questions for ourselves. We hope love drives you to ask the same questions. We want to engage with you, but not on a social media feed where the loudest or most viscerally pleasing idea wins. We want to engage you as individuals. So message all the love, hate, and everything in between. And don't forget to nominate nominate, nominate heretics uh, for us to discuss in the coming weeks. Our inquiry begins with a discussion of the charges as we, re, as we search the record for mitigating factors. This can be the most pernicious part of the discussion, because taken out of context, everything we say can be misconstrued as a justification for their crimes. We want to reiterate, we think they are guilty of all they've been charged with. We are simply looking for grounds to show compassion and possibly support a penance. So, uh, I, as always, am Juanch de Medellin, uh, which is my nom de guerre. Try and find me. Uh, it won't be that difficult. You'll, you'll figure out who I really am. And uh, as always, we have with us Diane Waugh, uh, artist here in New York. And why don't you introduce our, our new panelist? Um, we have our lovely guest, Christina Jones. Um, she is going, I, I think she'll be our, our expert white woman. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, Christina, uh, can you tell me a little She's bit more? She's our senior what you, white correspondent. She's our senior white correspondent. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your background professionally and then follow it up with your background ethnically? Yeah. Okay. So I'm a therapist. I work with everyone. That's always the question. Who do you work with? Just everyone. Everyone. Um, I mean, that's. So you're like an expert on behaviors, on human behavior. Yes. The foremost expert. Yes. All right. Room. We only get we only do big things here. We so Christina Jones, that sounds like a black name. <laughs> it's not. Um, <laughs> what are exactly, you, Christina? Uh, what am I? Um, I am part Puerto Rican. Um, very proud of it because 
it's the Latino way. Uh, <laughs> and no, Jones actually comes from my Jewish husband. So, ah, yeah, you know, see, you never wow. know. That's interesting. Okay. You now I have a friend of mine. Um, she, I think her last name is Jones as well, but she's half Mexican. And she got it from her white husband at the time, but she was constantly getting mail uh, for uh, I forgot what it was like. It was some, yeah, it was like black hair products and things like that. So everyone who just heard your description of of who you are and what you are, mm-hmm. um, now is thinking, why the hell is she our senior white correspondent? So uh, I, do you uh, want those of you who can see us? <laughs> Know that, um, you know, you'd be hard-pressed for anybody to pick you out of a lineup as a Puerto Rican. Yeah, except other Puerto Ricans, somehow. Right. We know. I mean, you got kink in the hair. Yeah. There's this kink. is like a relaxed day, too. See, um, I always thought it was the way you roll your eyes. Like, it's very Latino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, just, just the permanent state of exasperation. <laughs> that's super true. There's yeah. also like the stages of Latina anger which come out like the yeah. nose flare, the like and the like jutting of the lips. I do that. And your mouth like, wraps around properly around uh Spanish words. Latina. 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 Not Latina. Actually, you know, it was all I can tell you like my experience of you as a white Latino woman or 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 white presenting. Um it's it was always an interesting experience because um as a Haitian American um, woman, one of the things that I think a lot of like first generation, um, you know, immigrant kids deal with is this idea of imposter syndrome that you're not really as authentic as the people that came from the island or the people who speak Spanish better than you, you know, things like that. Um, but what's interesting is even if you remove all of like, like for example, I don't think I speak with an accent at all, but. Like there's a lot of Haitianness that comes out of me and my mannerisms, the way I formulate my For a New Yorker, my, my you don't thoughts. have a Haitian accent. Yeah, I, New for a New Yorker. For a New Yorker, no but I learned English accent. watching television. Yeah, my first language like, oh. was Creole and French, so my entire like um, education as far as English was television. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you know a little more about my background, it makes sense. And one of the things that's interesting with Christina, one of the reasons why I asked her to be here is because. You know, I go into work in the morning, you know, I I watch the news or or read the news or whatnot. Something crazy and racist has happened. And I can count on Christina to be just as outraged as me. (laughs) And angry all the time. Like the Hulk. Well, if you're a person of color in the United States, uh, angry is is like the, you know, healthy place to be. Just a simmer, just a low simmer. But I've noticed this experience in common. Like we were actually talking about this before we started recording where um, I feel like I've gotten a lot of kinship and support from people of color in my community, but I feel like I find the weapons to dismantle, um, uh, you know, racism and white supremacy from the friends of mine who are either aligned with people of color or they're white passing or white presenting people of color because they kind of experience it from both sides because people think you're white. I wouldn't know who you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am Colombian. I'm 100% Colombian. But if you shave that mustache. About, we yeah, haven't but talked we, about my race at all. In all the we haven't. Done, we haven't. Yeah. Which I'm sure too. like a bunch of people are like, what's this white guy talking about people of color for? Yeah. Um, I was born in Colombia. Uh, you know, Spanish was my first language. I came here and I was very young. Colombians have beautiful Spanish. I, soy colombiano. Hablo oh. español. Uh, you know, soy paisa. 
de Medellín. Why, that's why I it's can't get over that mustache, though. <laughs> so I did this because I'm going to shave. I've got a Christmas party tomorrow. And I'm gonna but shave that's the thing. You're like, you're just but like one shave away from whiteness. For, yeah. Well, you know. Or when you're in listen, your suit. If I put you know? a dull boy cap on, people swear I'm Irish. Yeah. You know, if I walk into an Italian place, people swear I'm Italian. If I walk in a temple, people say shalom. Yeah. Like, so they project on me, and I'm sure you... I've you, had, like, yeah, the, the what are you question is so common. I'm it's sure people look at you and say Greek. The, I'm sure people look at Greek, every yep. kind of white person, every kind of white I feel like person. you guys are kind of, like, in some ways, like a racial, like, uh, which, the you know, the, the inkblot... Uh, yeah. Rorschach yeah. test. We're Rorschach. Like, people exactly. project whatever people yeah. project they whatever. want yep. and so, onto you. you know, if I'm in a mall, if I'm in the, the Dolphin Mall, you know, in Cuban-ass parts of Miami, they'll speak to me in Spanish like Oh, nothing. yeah, like, if care. you walk in Miami, assume, no one's talking English to you. They'll assume <laughs> I know Spanish. Um, so, you know, I mean, I get, yeah. So, yeah, I am uh, I am a person uh, of color, but I also, like you. We have the whole thing. We, we, get the, we get the privilege until, like, they read my name. <laughs> Which is probably the, the well, most. I get a pass. See, the thing is, but then I say something like about, yeah. or like I'll say Latina, and they're like, they're "Like, oh, where'd you learn how to say that?" <laughs> oh, so you like spicy food? You have uh, literally like, the most, the most Latino name ever. His when, name is. Oh, I can't say it. I can't say it because. Oh yeah, 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 no, it's, it's. But it's really, really. Yeah, it would like it. It would be the kind of name you parodied in a cartoon. Well, okay, so I'll give you guys hints. Juan comes from Juan Carlos. So Juancho, Juan Carlos. So it's Juan Carlos. Da 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 da. Yeah, and the da 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 da. Even if you're not saying any Spanish words, it's very Spanish. Like, Latinos have a the lot cadence. of names. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot of R's to roll. Yeah. A lot of R's. A lot of R's. Americans don't roll R's. They don't do that. Oh, yeah. You guys do that. But that's what's actually been well, interesting. Well, 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 I feel well, like well, in a lot of ways, I learned probably the most like shocking things about white supremacy from white people or white passing people which has really been ironic for me because you know people who like are facebook friends with me like they see me like yelling about white feminism all the time and this is honestly like it's a conversation i think i've stayed out of for most of my adult life but the last like five years it's just been untenable i have to talk about it in public but what's been interesting though is i I always have this moment of pause before i post on facebook because i'm like but i don't i'll have like my five white friends (laughs) my white girlfriends and i'll be like but i don't mean you but still (laughs) so i'm gonna be the interrupting white guy Hmm? and just be like okay we have to move on we have stuff to cover so we're just gonna move on uh, <laughs> it's a lot to discuss. So before we dive into our two-episode White Women Spectacular. This is a two-parter. Um, a little bit of old business. Uh, as an addendum to the Louis C.K. file, um, according to Britt Hayes from the AV Club, a white woman by the name of Claire Randall, Claire with a K, uh, heckled Louis C.K. the other day during his act by yelling several times during a quiet moment in his set, Show us your dick. Show us your fucking dick. Uh, This was at the cellar. Uh, She was booed and then eventually escorted out. Uh, A few notes on this. She apparently is not familiar with his work. This is what she said in the interview. I'm not familiar with his work. She went to the comedy cellar, not familiar with Louis C.K.'s work. To troll Louis C.K. I don't know. Whatever. She's like, I just know he's creepy. I can't get out of the house (laughs) to see people I like. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, so, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so she said this uh, about it. Uh, People thought his set was hilarious, 
I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a white girl. I'm gonna do a white girl accent. I'm gonna do a Claire Randall accent. People thought his set was hilarious, laughing and cheering throughout the whole thing. His joke started out like, "My life is hard now. I had a bad year. Feel bad for me." There was nothing like, "Hey, I ruined my own life by masturbating in front of women." But she never heard of him before. Yeah, and also I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, clearly she doesn't know comedy because, hey, I ruined my life by masturbating in front of women. That's not funny. No. That's not like a joke. I don't know what part of that is a joke. Yeah. However, and we did, ex- we did you know, agree that he was excommunicated. Mm-hmm. We did, did agree that he probably has to do more than what he did in that apology. Um, you know, and uh, though don't heckle. Like, heckling's bad. Eh, I don't know. If she I mean, heckles I love- something good, like... Uh, no, heckle, hecklers, like, they're, they're, they were, like, version 1.0 of trolls. But, I mean, I, I have a huge love for comedians, but that's kind of how they cut their teeth. They heckle each other. True. I mean, it's rude. I mean, I wouldn't heckle anyone because I know better because, like, I don't want somebody who, like, what about this professionally heckle? makes jokes. Show huh? us your fucking dick. That's that's just being just disruptive and rude, and she just wants. It sounds like someone who wants a lot of attention. She wants it. She, says she wants she, attention. She says she was not drunk. She just wants attention, which uh, is very classic white girl move. It is. All right, when we will get into that. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> okay. So now that we have our juices flowing, uh, how do you solve a problem like white women? Uh, in part one of our white women inquiry, we will discuss. Three areas of white women cultural crimes. Uh, white women tweeting <laughs> and posting. White women calling. And white women borrowing. Okay? You're going to have to explain that a little in a oh, little more detail. we'll get into it. Because, I mean, I think we're we'll all guilty it. of a bad tweet. We'll get into it. So, um, for uh, first off, let's say we are not saying that every single white right. woman in America has committed one of the above cultural sins. Hell, not every white woman uh, was ever allowed in the cookout. You know, um, I'm looking at you, the parade of blonde women on Fox News. Mm. Uh, they were never in the cookout. Like, well, we- actually, I think this was a thing that when we were just dis- when we were like discussing the show, um, bef- you know, before we started recording, um, is one of the things uh, points of contention was, you know, is this about white women? And I always keep saying it's about white feminism. Yeah. The construct right. well, it's of about, white women. It's about, it's about the women that want to go to the cookout. Yeah, it's, because I've seen black girls do the same thing. It's about down white women. So women like Tommy Lahren, we will not be discussing Tommy Lahren. No. She was never invited to the cookout. No. Women like Megyn Kelly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry. I don't care if you got a job on on a, on a real network, NBC. Uh, you know, you're still not. This is not someone who has had a fall and, and who they, has been canceled. And I almost they have like a, a, a weird, yeah. a weird fucked up respect for Tommy Lahren because she's not even pretending to yeah. not completely support white supremacy. And I can see her coming from a mile away. Like she's completely bought into it. You know, rah, 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 white supremacy. Yeah, she's a, she's, she's yeah she's a prettier <laughs> Ann Coulter, but the 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 women that like the, I think the thing that we're talking about is the whole kind of like we're down in this one way and then we're gonna pull out the rug from under you as soon as it's convenient for us type of right. So we're talking Olympics. we're talking about the down liberal in quotes feminist woman uh, who for the longest time while we were fighting for civil rights we all considered an automatic ally. Mm-hmm. Because they were being oppressed by the same people. 
So the enemy of our enemy is our friend. Yeah. So that's why, you know, uh, lots of people of color voted for Hillary Clinton, let's say. You know what I mean? Because uh, white women have gotten a pass from the, uh, the old term was minority community, but the the people of color communities who vote, uh, people of color communities who who do all kinds of cultural things, uh, they've gotten a pass, and they've shown in the last few years how much they need to have that automatic quasi pass revoked. They, I, it's partly just the second place is a nice place to be. Um, be oppressed. But it's sure as shit way better than fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, yeah. and. Uh, and they get to they get to live there. So um, uh, now that we're t- you know talking about white men, white women writ large, I think this would be a good time to talk about you know uh, your your latest work, uh, Docile Bodies, was kind of a meditation on white women in America right now. This cultural moment of white women. Um, can you speak to uh, what what that was about? What how you came about uh, that, and what what point you think you're making? Um, I think, I mean, even though I'm, I'm a photographer, I think, uh, a lot of my work uh, has a very narrative element. So I, um, even though there's a lot of like cultural and philosophical ideas that like I'm thinking about, you know, and pondering, um, talking about philosophy and culture in like a traditional way isn't that interesting to me art wise. So sometimes I'll create like a, a, a narrative. And so in this narrative, um, I imagined, you know, the United States is like this household and there and uh there was this huge fight that's happened, huge cultural fight I feel white like is happening. White women wild out. Yeah, well, I feel like there's a huge fight between white women and white men okay. and they're dragging us into it. Okay. And <laughs> I was hanging out with Andy, uh I was probably inebriated on some substance, but um we we're talking about it and uh you know, we're like, yeah, this is basically a fight between white men and white women because, you know, white women, you know, co-opting the whole Me Too thing are now using it as a weapon to go after white men. Wait and a minute. Wh- co-opting Me Too? You mean Asia Argento uh, didn't come up with Me Too? No, Me Too was invented by a black woman. I forgot her name Lydia right now because my recall Tawana is Burke. it. But she, huh? Tawana Burke. See, thank you very much. The Tawana peanut, Burke. The, I'm like, the, I, the, she's the a Google search line. away. But it was invented by Open a black woman. Open heart surgery and Me Too. And it was the 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 whole point of Me Too was so that victims of sexual assault wouldn't feel alone, but also to kind of spread awareness as to how widespread it is. But in the past six months or so, um, white women have specifically uh, weaponized it as like a takedown or revenge type of plot. Like, oh, you know, because they and and this is a this is something very specific to white women and, and, and why I say white women, white femininity, I think that gender and race are constructs. So, you know, it's not always white women playing these games, but I feel like these are behaviors associated with white femininity. So in my narrative, you know, um, there is, instead of like talking about the whole country, I created this fictional couple and kind of took pictures of this couple at, through different stages of their relationship. And in this narrative, it was my idea of what the ideal white relationship is supposed to look like, like from Instagram and pop culture and stuff like that. Sure. But I think what was probably um, really ironic about it was that it was my first piece where I did not include any people of color in my photographs. It was all like the characters were all white. It was just an all white show. And, um, Basically, it was 
Uh, How did white people uh, receive your show? It was interesting. Um, I, I got in trouble the last time I talked about this. I talked about this at Photoville, um, and uh, I'm trying. So I'm trying to find a way to reword it. But um, well, this is my show, so uh, yeah. white people were acting mad niggerish. Go hard. They were acting mad. It was insane because what I also struggle with as an artist is, and especially as a black woman artist, is the commodification of my art. And I don't like fundamentally being bought and sold. So that's why I have a day job, even though I sell work, because I don't like to I don't like my art making to be at like I, I yeah, I don't want people buying and selling me. So one of the things that I struggled with was that every time I would take pictures and I think photography is very exploitative as a medium in and of itself. But that's a whole other conversation. Um it was always black people on the wall. I felt like I couldn't run away from the auction block. So I thought it would be that, really that cool. That you were objectifying that on some level you're on objectifying. T- no matter, yeah, no matter how beautiful, no matter how woke, no matter how awesome my work is, at the end of the day, it's white people buying black art, buying my art, buying black people. And, you know. It was and white people. And your work is black bodies. Yeah, your it work is black bodies. has yeah. been largely black bodies. So you literally. And I said no more. I was just like, I'm on strike. You literally were selling black bodies to white people. Exactly. And, you know, that didn't sit well with me. So I thought it would be really interesting to do an entire show about white people and whiteness because, you know, it was something, one, I couldn't escape. But also part of me was just like, how, you know, I want you to know what it feels so like to have someone who's not you talk about you, you haven't and seen, define you. If you haven't seen the work, <laughs> it's an amazing work. It is hilarious. <laughs> it is disturbing. It's all of these things. One of the things that's particularly a disturbing image was you hung a white woman. Yes, I I lynched a white woman, and um, the idea. Um, Diane, why would you lynch a white woman? Well, <laughs> come on, you you've known me since second grade. And don't say. And don't say. You know why the answer not. to that. Don't say. Um, well, here was the thing. One of the things I noticed was that actually I was inspired by the "This Is America" video by Childish Gambino. And um, I use the word inspired loosely, but, um, you know, I I was watching reaction videos of people watching the video and I understood kind of what I think he was trying to do. He was trying to give like a shock to the system. But one of the things I noticed about black artists, you know, using black people in their art is that, you know, white people who were going to be racist were continuing to be racist. They were indifferent to the violence in the video. And I was watching black person after black person being re-traumatized through this video that's supposed to wake America up. And I'm just like, they don't give a fuck about you. So I was just like, they're not going to give a fuck about you until a white person or somebody who looks like them, you know, it happens to them. So the way that I worked, because the the first image I thought of was the lynching image. And I was just like, I want to, talk about black death and black bodies, but I'm going to put it on a white body to see if people care. Uh, it's, and it's, and it's, it was an interesting process because I mean, I don't usually like to talk about my work that much as far as like, you know, the process, because sometimes it ruins oh, yeah, it, but I, I think asked, this one's important because I asked the wrong question, which is the question you hate. What does your work mean? But, but this one I think needs a little more, a little more talking to, because it's definitely probably my most out there work. Um, but what was interesting was as I was trying to cast for this shoot, um, I went through at least five models who turned me down because they they said it was just too traumatizing. So what was interesting to me, and these were all very leftist white women, very supportive of my work. Some of them were close friends, um, and they were just they were like, I can't. I tell you, they were like, I love you, Diane. I love your work, but I can't do it. And what was interesting to me is that if you Google lynching, there are literally thousands of images of you know dismembered black bodies. 
and 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 that's white cool. People picnicking. Yeah, and <laughs> and, and white and, women looking up and smiling. And then white women or white women. And I, I mean, as it's you know, I respect it and everything like that. But I just thought it was interesting that even faking a lynching for an art piece was too much. But they, but no one can have any empathy for the fact that this actually happened to us and is still happening today. And so, and so that's not an isolated phenomena because while we were coming up with the concept of this show. This two-parter now because we just had so much material. Um, we ended up with, you know, a Puerto Rican. <laughs> 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 because I, I literally asked four or five, you know, um, liberal writers. People who we could show their work. Mm-hmm. People who we could give run to. You know, uh, free plugs, the whole deal. And they were like, mm, yeah, I'm not going to do an episode where I I'm the bad guy. I co-signed. Well, yeah. I, well, that was the big thing yeah. with the models. I think they didn't want to be the bad guy. Like right. they don't co-sign this behavior, but they didn't. Like it was a little. I don't know if it. Was, I mean, every, I think everyone had their own personal, um, you know, personal reasons. But let's just put it this way: it wasn't easy, and I wasn't going to go on Craigslist and like hire someone either because that was another dynamic cause, that I didn't want to deal with. Because like if I pay someone to do this, I didn't. Yeah, that was just a weird dynamic. But um. It worked backwards from there to acts of random white girl indifference. And so this woman, and I'll just give you the story. She is in a relationship with her husband, and she eventually kills him. Um, and then uh, she this starts is, taking selfies. This is and the character. In this is the character. And, and the character was actually played by my best friend. That's who I ended up getting to do it. She and I have known each other. We have childhood friends. Um, she's always been a huge supporter of my work, so she is permanently invited to the cookout she, she because put she showed her up. Ass on the line. Yeah, she, she literally. She showed up at my studio at five o'clock in the morning and let me and my husband hang her from. <laughs> what? <laughs> she's alive. She's, she's alive. Oh yeah, she's alive. She's not dead. She's not she's, dead. She's, she's not, not dead. dead. She was, wasn't it was all right. It was all right. But I mean, five in the morning is a big deal for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, I. I, but I also thought it was an interesting dynamic to kind of basically be racist in the most fundamental way as far as I'm going to define your reality. I'm, I'm going to have you watch me define your reality. And what was interesting was actually watching black people see the show because um, they didn't necessarily know who the artist was, mm-hmm. but they were kind of vibing with it, but they didn't know why. But then the second they knew that it was a black woman who did it, they suddenly got it yeah. and they found it hilarious, yeah, yeah. you know, and almost kind of like it was, it was a weird role reversal that I saw happening at the opening. Um, I don't really have all the proper words for it and I'll probably say some crazy shit, but yeah, it was, it was what was interesting well, that's was why you're on this show. Yeah, it's true. Well, okay. So if we're going to go there, what was funny was that like all the white people, were acting in ways that would usually stereotypically be associated with blackness. Showing up late. Showing up late. My <laughs> physical therapist showed up three hours late, turned up with like five other people. Drunk and loud. Wa- drunk and loud. Um, this girl was just like, uh, this woman that's in my studio, she was like, hey, you got some money for this? You need to get money for this. You need to get paid. How much are you charging? I, I got my friend around the corner who can buy one. I was just like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and around just the like, corner. Keep mind, I have like all these like art stars. Like these are like some Wakanda ass black people at my show. Like these are, they're so elegant and just, you know, just regal and just awesome and professional and tops in their fields. And they're sitting there. And it was it was it was insane because it was, it was as if they'd been exploited for a matter of three hours. Mm-hmm. 
and it was it was just all bets are off. All bets are off. Well, but they like it though, so which was weird. Unlike it's the, it's the oppression Olympics, like they they they're on the top for a minute. Yeah, and they're they're never they not. Want. They're never not. no, but well, no, but like the mo- not the top of that, the the top of most oppressed. They are the most oppressed yeah. in the room for for like a for a walk Wait, between or? huge, yeah. a walk between huge photographs of about like sixty yards. Yeah, they were oppressed. Yeah. yeah. They were impressed. Yeah, yeah, they got so, to, they got to win that one, you know. So unlike our intros, it's exciting. Check out this segue. Unlike <laughs> our intros, cancellation can be very swift. Yes. When you say some <laughs> dumb shit uh, on the internets, uh, as an example, I mean, uh, who can forget uh, this legendary tweet? Uh, going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white. Good for you. So this woman, uh, if you don't remember, uh, she she works in public relations. She works in PR. <laughs> uh, her firm wanted to fire her while she was still in the air <laughs> because they tweeted, right um, "Yeah, we're trying to get a hold of her, but we can't because she's still in the air." Like she and was I fired. Remember this before she hit the ground. Yeah, and I think she got off the uh, plane to like a barrage of like voicemails, phone calls. Oh yeah, and uh, she was can she was literally canceled before she knew it. Yeah, oh <laughs> sweet. And so, um, you know, so that's the kind of thing that we happen. So, so cancellation can happen really fast. Uh, what we do here is not so simple. So rather than uh, organizing. Um, it the same way that we've done it when we're uh, talking about one heretic at a time. We're going to go through all the charges of groups of heretics at once mm. uh, in groups. Uh, and and then, uh, so we're not going to go charge by charge. We're going to go by group of heretic by group of heretic. Um, so since we just mentioned Justine Sacco, uh, who, who did that uh, charming AIDS tweet, uh, AIDS in Africa tweet, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and as our first example of uh, white women letting their racist flag fly on social media, um, that is what we would call, that's the, the charge is uh, committing treason against the movement, uh, failing to be about shit, uh, committing acts of get the fuck out of here, and uh, eventually when they try to do damage control uh, and they say that they, they, they're not racist, they just had like a brain cramp or whatever it is that they, you know, blame it on. Um, then they bear false witness by lying and saying that they're not racist and they don't have something to, uh, to deal with. So um, we're going to go, we're going to do a sampling of this group of uh, what I call cancelitas. Cancelitas, <laughs> that is And so we're going to go to the first cancelita, uh, Roseanne Barr, comedian who famously, uh, tweeted that uh, Valerie Jarrett was uh, a cross between the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. You know, I I don't have that much to back that up, but the whole Roseanne Barr situation struck me as, like, she said crazy racist shit, but it seemed like more of a mental health issue insofar as, like, you know, when someone's, like, deeply psychotic and acting out and they're like what's the worst thing i can say because Aww. that doesn't even make any sense yeah she blamed <laughs> the ambient so <laughs> the problem is that like in the dsm there's no 
like racism psychosis. That's no. not a thing. And so like no, no diagnosis is going to give you asshole disorder. Wait, I can't like, catch that's it? Not, no, you can't. You can't catch the racism. <laughs> no, but I, I've seen people like go into like a round of self-destructive behavior, like people who, you know, like, or Let's death by a, cop or something. something. Like they'll do something. Let me ask something to our mental health expert here. <laughs> um, does Is one of the known side effects of Ambien uh, racism? I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Okay. And, and like to your point to the you've seen people have really big downfalls because of like psychosis or whatever. The thing is, it never it doesn't go that far from who you are as a person. Like it just doesn't like people who are depressed when they say depressed shit to themselves. Like it's just. It's, I mean, it's who they are somewhere and it sucks, but like, no, because I, the thing with, I'm not, listen, I'm not saying she's not racist, but I, I, I'm, sounds not, like I'm not you saying, are. no, I'm not saying she's not <laughs> racist. I'm talking, I'm just saying in this particular incident, um, as far as the way that she was whiling out, she kind of reminded me of, um, when that dude was shouting, nigga, 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 the Seinfeld dude, oh, Kramer, Kramer, well, yeah. Yeah, what's you know, name? where it's just kind of like, you know, the reason why, like I, I all my friends I have a lot of friends with mental health issues so you know I I've seen this behavior before where I'll notice it because it's out of character because yeah. that's not what Listen, they think. some of my best friends are crazy <laughs> some of my best friends are crazy. crazy people and I know I lots know. of shit about crazy, <laughs> crazy. Like, uh, every therapist you've ever met well sometimes what'll keep me in is just like that doesn't even make any like sometimes someone will say something so over the top mean that I'm like I take a moment so, of pause like okay so, but do you think it was well, not in yeah. there? Like, like Roseanne Barr said. I think it's in all of us. Cross between the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. I, I don't know what not the Muslim. I don't know what. I've seen Valerie Jarrett. I'm a big fan of Valerie Jarrett. I don't know what she has to do with anything Muslim. Like um, it doesn't even make it sense. Doesn't race. doesn't. But 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 you know, uh, the associating evil with Muslim is a very Trump supporter thing yeah. to do. Roseanne Barr is she a Trump supporter? Has been. Oh, she has. Okay. She has well, I didn't been. know that. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. oh and they made her She's character really. not ironically a Trump supporter on the reboot of Roseanne. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I didn't know all that. See, so I'll take it back. Okay. There's there's also this thing that I tell to so many of my clients, and I try to tell myself, but I'm not good at it. Um, which is like, it's very nice. It's like very magnanimous, right? To to want to say like. I care why this person is hurting me. Like, hurt people hurt people. That's accurate. Yeah. However, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, toxic people are toxic, and it's very nice of you to want to say, like, hey, well, maybe it's because of blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not, listen, I'm not hanging out with Roseanne Barr caping for her anytime soon, but she eerily reminds me of the dudes that are shouting at the moon in the park whenever I read her tweets. Yeah. I mean, that part, sure, might be ambient, but. But, you know, some are, like, God. saying things like, Doesn't come from that. you know, my father built the Columbia Space Station. And, you know, yeah. it's they're not saying, you no. are Planet of the Apes. Yeah. It's a be, different thing. That's a little too okay. coherent, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so this is clearly a, uh, a, a act of get the fuck out of here. This is clearly yeah. a, a treasonous statement for someone. No, I think, actually, the thing that was, I thought, most peak white women and racist was the apology tour that she attempted to do. That was yeah. on some peak white. Yeah, the, the apology tour, and where, which was like, I'm not... She blamed it on the ambient. Uh, 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 
Indian. <laughs> that was that was that was what I was really offended by. The other shit, I'm like, people take drugs. So then that, <laughs> like, that was definitely crazy. bearing false witness. Yeah, but like no. definitely like so, a two year old saying I'm sorry and expecting you to say. Like, so she's canceled. Yeah. yeah. So she's canceled. So uh, just because I don't have time for can it. she redeem herself? No. No. She just said something. I think something. she's past her prime. I think like she's just kind of a joke right now. I th- I think I see. You know, I I think we have to reconcile. I think America has to reconcile with the Trump supporters who at least don't want to be racist. They are. They just don't want to be. They don't want to be, or they don't want people to think that of them as they are. And so these are people that can be guilted into perhaps addressing their inchoate beliefs, addressing what they're harboring and maybe working on it and maybe not, you know, maybe neutralizing it. So, I mean, for her, I would say it would have to start with, hey, I came up as this, that, and the other. Uh, I was indoctrinated, like everyone in America is, to believe that people of color are lesser Mm -hmm. Um, and that jokes like this, you know, that saying this about them, that they are less than human, that they are ape. Like, this is a kind of thing that was funny to me because somewhere inside of me, I still harbored that belief that they're not like me, that they're not equal to me, or that they're more ape-like than me, whatever it is. And I, I think she could she could come to Jesus if she was honest about it instead of blaming on the ambient. I think I that's think. more like like that that sounds more like Roseanne psychosis than, yeah. than anything else. <laughs> like that just doesn't I don't know. And not that I see it happening. No. No, no. Also she, I just I just can't bring myself to give a fuck about her. No. So uh we'll go to the next uh cancelita. Uh <laughs> tweeting cancelita. Uh this is actually a, a Facebook post. Valerie Scoggins, uh, a math teacher saw the, um, this is actually the Kellen Kaepernick section mm. of this. There's there's two of them. So um, this math teacher um, saw the new Colin Kaepernick ad mm-hmm. and went off uh, and uh, basically did the pound cake speech like we talked about yeah, with Bill Cosby. Cosby. She basically you know said that and she said those people are animals. Uh, and that they don't need to be see, here. Someone like her, that's, that's what I see as most dangerous. Because the thing about Roseanne Barr is that you see Roseanne Barr like, coming from a mile away. You just kind of move out the way and you're fine. But she's a math teacher, meaning that when you think about a teacher, you think of somebody who has compassion, who has empathy, who's, who's with our children. Who and, is grading children. <laughs> who's grading children at their most vulnerable and, 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 and able to be influenced and 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 she's spouting this freaking poison and she can and because she's an adult she can she can do so much damage and the thing is is that she can also fake it she can fly under the radar except for when she does things like this and i think that's what happens with a lot of white women is that they've been in this bubble of privilege where they are never really held accountable for their action where people just kind of don't really notice them um that they kind of drink too much of their own Kool-Aid and then they while out like this. this but they yeah. do a lot of damage on the way to that. That she has had access to so many minds, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, to me makes this like a little more evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've had teachers like her. 
up. And there were, and I, I mean, I had this one teacher um, when I was going to Elmont. We didn't go to the same high school. Um, she was, I'll, I'll call out her name too, Judith Padoff, if you're still alive. And we're um, going to uh, leave that. <laughs> and uh, she was my social studies teacher. And she was just on a mission to keep me back because I transferred from um, my school in Queens and, uh, and I was supposed to be in an advanced track class. And so they saw my test scores and they signed me off. And she was the only one that refused to sign off on putting me in advanced level classes. So she was teaching and she was teaching social studies. So I asked a lot of questions. So I got phone calls every day. I was told that I was never going to be anything. Um, Like she was constant. Like even when I was no longer in her class, she would sit there and and she'd talk me to other teachers and try to convince them to fail me. Like this has been an ongoing. In the school that you and I were both in. Yeah. Um. I got banned from bringing lunch into school. What did you bring? Did you bring some weird Latino lunches? No. no. Oh. Uh, my mom used to pack my lunches at night because she went to work really early. She worked in the factory. So she used to pack my lunches at night. Uh, and I guess this time she didn't close the lid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when she closed the lid in the morning, she didn't know. There was just a mess of cockroaches in there. So when I opened the lid, oh, no. oh, cockroaches yeah. came out, and I was, like, mortified, oh. and I went and showed, like, the monitor, and the monitor showed, like, the staff member, uh, you know, watching. And then I got called into the principal's office. They called to pick me up. They called my mom to pick me up from the school. I could not finish out the day. Wow. And she told my mom, uh, he has to go. he has to go now. He has to go home now. And he is banned from bringing... And lunch for the rest of his time here at the school. So your this punishment was the principal at our school is that when you can't I started. eat unless you pay us. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So and uh, I think I think a little Latino kid named Juan, I think he got he got a kind of treatment that I don't know that a kid who lived in Jamaica states, uh, you know, <laughs> would have gotten. So. Um, yeah, it happens, and that's why that's why to me this kind of hits home a little bit more uh, of 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 seeing that racism uh, as a child uh, having that foisted upon you is like is pretty awful. Yeah, and especially when it's like I feel like kids, you know, by default love their caretakers or like you know like you. Like if if a kid doesn't like you or whatever, like you gotta earn, you gotta work that. They, kids usually like they'll start you at a hundred and mm-hmm. then work your way down. So there's a lot of opportunity to really um, kind of like inception level, like just warp put in. Warp a kid, yeah. You just yeah. warp a kid. And the thing I've noticed, and, and as you're telling these stories, I'm thinking back to school. Um, and by school, I'm not just talking about going to school in elementary, junior, and high school, but also my time in academia teaching. And one of the patterns that I saw or that I've experienced is long-winded, gone-girl-type agendas and campaigns that I was victimized with and I saw other people victimized with. These would be long games where a white woman would be upset about something that probably doesn't even have anything to do with her and then decide that it is her mission to take you down. Does that sound like me too to anyone else? Now, the thing that has been really annoying about me, too, and this is the first time I'm saying it in public, and it's I've been struggling so with this for months. we're going to get to Me Too. We have a whole oh, Okay, we won't go to Me Too, too. yet. So, All right. Uh, so with this Valerie Scoggins, we're going to call her out. Um, 
I I have very little sympathy for her. Obviously, um, this is an older white woman. Uh, I guess Roseanne Barr is just as old. I mean, there's there's not many much chances of her changing her stripes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she'd have to own up to the awfulness of what she said and and why everything that she said in the pound cake type speech that she gave was verifiably, objectively wrong uh, about you know why these communities are suffering, what the real causes to the suffering of these communities are, and that those causes are largely uh, political uh, decisions made by white people against people of color in these communities. Redlining, underfunding schools, um, locking up, a third of the of of the male population, um, you know that's 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 why these uh, neighborhoods are suffering. It's not because they're animals. You're a motherfucking animal. Yeah, yeah. Valerie Scoggins. Yeah. At any rate, I just, <laughs> uh, even if she did all that, though, like she would have to undo the damage that she did to just generations of children. Like she, yeah, she, she can't like, and she can't do that, and she can't take back. Like, no one can ever take back your experiences from Well, the thing that um, that the show is primarily about is this idea of redemption. And none of the names that you talk about, like, can I visualize thinking, like, I can just visualize them not even thinking they did anything wrong. Sure. Like, having zero empathy, zero remorse. And white women don't do things wrong. And they're like, oh, we all want to say this. We all want to say this. We don't say it because it's PC culture. But this is true. If you guys wanted a better community, uh-huh. you would make it better. Uh-huh. Or just move. Why don't you just move? I love that one. Oh, the Why, why don't, don't you, just, you move? just move? I can't. I'm not allowed to get a loan for, to live in any other kind of neighborhood. Yeah. Well, Sorry. Well, maybe if you had better credit and, you know, got oh. your shit together. Yeah, I can't because oh. my work was systematically robbed for me for I 400 years. I blame everything for everyone for everything, even though my daddy pays all my bills. Yeah, slavery was hard. like 400 years ago. No, it was for 400 years. Whatever. It was 150 years ago. And, and Jim Crow. Yeah, and Jim Crow. <laughs> and right now. And, and right the just, fuck now. No. I've, right in, now. I've worked in a jail. That's slavery. So uh, the other end of the uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, uh, twofer is uh, Mary Bono, the uh, widow of uh, Sonny Bono. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he married anyone. Yeah, not. Yeah, no. Who this... marries someone after Cher? Like, don't you feel bad? I don't know. Do you believe in love? No. That was my share. Not after Cher. That was my share. Uh, do you believe in love after Cher? Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Mary Bono was hired as CEO of USA Gymnastics. Four days later, she tweeted a picture of. Uh, Nike golf cleats that she was given at a charity golf tournament. And she tweeted a picture of the Nike cleats that she was given uh, at a golf tournament, a charity golf tournament sponsored by Nike. And she (laughs) tweeted a picture of her with a black Sharpie. Thankfully, I have my black Sharpie. That's like me going to your house for dinner, Instagramming some of your mac and cheese and be like, fuck you. Like God, why did Peggy make this terrible mac and cheese? Oh my God! Like because you went to her house. <laughs> so not only is it not only is it a stupid thing to do when you're at an event sponsored by a thing. Aside from that, she and calling out someone else for being supposedly ungrateful. So blacking out, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. How are you going 
to exactly. be the peak ungrateful at someone's event. They give you a gift no, and then and, you shit on their and gift. And not for nothing, the best people in USA gym, and as, as, as definitely female gymnastics, Simone Biles, come on, are African-Americans. You're going to shit on African-Americans four days into the job. Yeah. You are basically the CEO of an athletic company. That is what happens when deep down in your soul and your core, you think you have the right to be here more than anyone else. That's what you do. Because I really didn't understand the meaning of the word entitlement until I got into this subject. You know, this this deep, profound feeling of just deserving shit. Because I'm, I'm a pretty entitled person. Like people have, call- in fact, people have called me out for acting white, and it and I divide. Or my hypothesis was that I walk around thinking that when I walk into a room, you should automatically respect me. And what was funny was that you know I grew up with natural hair. I listened to jazz music. I was I was like the woke black girl before it was cool to be the woke black girl, and I was confident about it. And people called me white, and I was trying to figure. I was like, there's nothing white about me. There's nothing, and then I and then I had an aha moment. I was like, "Oh, the reason why they associate my behavior with whiteness is because I'm entitled as fuck." I believe yeah. deeply that I belong here. Oh yeah, no, you you <laughs> you walk around uh, already half insulted. <laughs> yes, I'm pre-insulted you're, at any given point. It doesn't just, matter if you hit me up at 9 a.m., 3 p.m. I'm just halfway to indignantly insulted no and outraged all the time. No fanfare? No pedals on the floor? <laughs> what? What What kind of a th- operation are you running here? Yeah, no. yeah. So, Mary Bono was fired four days after uh, she got hired because of that nonsense. Um, I, you know, all these people we don't want... I, I don't want her to be redeemed. I don't give a shit. If she but how redeemed. did she get there in the first place? Am I just getting madder? Is this is my thinky juice just making me madder? Now you're you're, you're talking about all the, like all these women that you're you're bringing up. Yeah. I've noticed like some commonalities as far as somehow being in charge. Someone had to trust them on some level with or their angry job. Juice. Yeah. I like being angry. Well, we're gonna give a shout out, even though they haven't sponsored us. Columbia Winery. <laughs> It is the angriest Merlot you can get for $14. <laughs> Alternatively, we have two Latinos in a room drinking wine. Like talking if about first talking four days. Shit. No, yeah. have you ever had like Hablando a new job? Mierda. You know how like they put you on probation for the first three months? First three months of job, I have a perm. I speak in my white voice. I'm never late. Like there's a probationary period, even if it's not an it official. It would be a white woman so to why, say some wild so shit. On day four. Wild shit. On day four of your big-ass job. You're right. I've ne- I've been like, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, How high? I was raised the same. And, yeah. like, I have the past, right? But, like, I was raised the same. I was talking to one of our friends, who shall remain nameless, um, <laughs> about this. And we were talking about the, like, the audacity of, like, white people to not care what they do and, like, how we just kind of, like, keep it in. Like, don't say anything weird. Don't embarrass me in front of the white people because that's also a lot of, like, the parental stuff that we get, Don't feed into anything. And white people don't give a fuck. Like, keep keep your voice down. Like, don't don't be too loud. Have you ever seen videos of white people yelling at cops? Yeah. Oh my god! They, they and they they go off. Oh my god! They go off. They're like, oh my god! I pay your fucking bills. Do you know who the fuck I am? I mean, no, you're Ted from down so the street. Diane and, I, Diane and I grew up in Queens. We grew up in the '90s. We grew up uh, in the era of Abner Luima. We grew up in the era of um, Amadou Diallo, uh, and we grew 
up uh, our train station on Long Island Railroad is uh, right where Sean Bell got shot. I have friends in common with Sean Bell. So, you know, uh, it's it's the kind of thing that growing up, I mean, you know, white people can see a cop and go, hey, there's a cop. Thank God. But what's really interesting about... When a Queen- cop walks into your mm-hmm. subway car, mm-hmm. do you feel good? Do you feel anxious? Do you, What do you feel? I feel very suspicious automatically. I feel anxious right away. Auto- I think automatically. doing something wrong. So, I, I assume they're so following somebody the wrong to way. To mouth off to a cop is the furthest thing from my mind. It's like, don't look at him, don't eyeball him, don't eyeball him. Don't look suspicious. And Yeah. And what's interesting and I'm about crazy, oh, yeah. trying not to like, suspicious. Well, it's There's interesting. In it's interesting for me because uh, growing up in Queens, for the record, Queens is the most diverse county in the country. It, it represents, yeah, it is the diver- most the, diverse locality in the world. In the world, it it has the most representations of race, ethnicity, and religion. That's about so, to change. Which Amazon. Is, yeah, it's going to change. Thank you, Amazon. But what was interesting for me was that I feel like at an early age. I had kind of separated whiteness from skin color because I realized growing up, I feel like I didn't really have a lot of experience with white, white people. Like all the white people I knew were Italian or really light skinned Latinos, or they had some sort of very direct link to their ethnicity. Like they wouldn't say I'm white. So I'm Irish. You got a slur to be called. And so, and then of course there's like a lot of mixed kids. So there's a lot of people who aren't what they look like on the outside. I remember there was this Dominican kid who just looked Chinese. Like, and you know, I would see him speaking Spanish and that, you know, but. And then in his house, they probably call him, probably call him Chino. Yeah. Yeah. And what was interesting was how all the immigrant kids, no matter, even though we didn't share the same language, or the same skin color would have things in common, and I. One wa- of those things is that you have to get along. One of those things is that yeah. is that you can't you can't mouth off to white people. That's one of those things. You can't or mouth off to people. a teacher. You can, I mean, listen, we're from a different generation, obviously, because now you can mouth off to teachers. But when we were kids, man, we had death. It didn't fear. matter if you were Korean or if you were Indian or whatever. Like it was just like our parents had kind of all the same. Uh, like you, you don't mouth off to your parents. You don't come home late. You don't oh come. You, like there's just like certain things that Did we you have all to say, kind of No, no. no. Wait, <laughs> I mean, Puerto Ricans, we get a little more assimilated. Like the yeah. like. You guys have been here longer. I knew how to but say like just the stay assimilated thing. Like like don't speak Spanish too loud. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna say we're Mexicans. Yeah. And we're just like, yeah. You can't say that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone called my grandma. Mexican but that's why I think fighting time. Fighting time. Nothing woman looks so big. But that's why I think when I, um, when I got older, I, I wasn't as prepared for whiteness as a construct because I think I was lulled into this belief that I'd already yeah, experienced we didn't, whiteness. Yeah, we didn't have, but it didn't. Yeah, we didn't have the the Midwestern American. We didn't have yeah. the you know real uh, pure horse you know whiteness. We had this weird kind of Queens, um, very diverse whiteness. They weren't the majority. They weren't a minority, but they weren't. Uh, they were a plurality. They were there, and they had to get along. Yeah, and they had to act right. Um, and we weren't, you know, bullied because we were people of color. You know, so that's something that uh, you know. People and people had pride in their culture, but that's not the same as entitlement. No one yeah. fundamentally thought that they deserved to be there more than anybody else, except maybe the Jews. But it's <laughs> part of their religion. All right. But, but not, and we're off the air. <laughs> but not really, though. Like, as far as, like, practice and, and, and stuff like that, as far as, like, you know, my interactions with, with that community. 
Like that would probably the commu- be the community that would be the most entitled. And there's still, I can't see a Jewish person on the fourth day of their job no. yeah. popping oh, off God, no. like this. No. Ever. No, you gotta, you, you, yeah. They're uh, never gonna that do that. That's, what, that's yeah. what our friend in common, mm-hmm. we were talking, we were, we were explaining it to my husband that like he's spent a lot of his life uh-huh. keeping a low profile. Yeah. He did not consider that. That he spends a lot of time, like not, like he doesn't walk around saying I'm Jewish. Like yeah. he mm-hmm. keeps it low. Like yeah, because yeah. it's not. It's not it. that he's not proud of it. It's just that you don't. You don't. You don't jump in the Kool Aid without knowing the flavor. Mm-hmm. White women are just like, mm, this Kool Aid is great. Yeah, and my bubble air. of whiteness will protect me all but, the time. So um, let's switch to another white woman who uh, is on the comeback trail from her cancellation. Mm. Uh, and what's weird is that she, this one, she wasn't canceled by the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was canceled by uh, white, wealthy media America. Mm-hmm. So Kathy Griffin, when she took a picture of what looked like a gruesomely... Uh, 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 you know, dismembered head of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that, she was told that she cannot perform at all in uh, the United States. All of her agents, all of her everything dropped her. She could not book one venue in the United States. She couldn't do anything. They didn't want to touch her on TV. She wouldn't Yeah, I never understood that whole thing. How did you feel about that as an artist? I, uh, to be honest, I don't know that much about about the, the situation. The photo. Do yeah, you, have you seen itself. the photo? I've seen the photo. I have okay. seen the photo. Yeah, I mean that. What do you think the about severed it? severed head? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in conceptual art. That's not really... It, it wasn't that big a deal. Listen, you hung a white woman. I, I lynched yeah, I mean, a white... Yeah, you're talking... Yeah, I'm like... That's <laughs> so, I don't even know why I asked that question. Yeah, I was just like, like I don't know. Would it sticks you, a lot. <laughs> would you have lynched uh, Trump? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, would, and I would help if, you? Yes. And the only reason I haven't done it yet is because I haven't found like the, a good the way concept to, to make it. Yeah. You and know. then you're just going to be the lynching woman. Yeah. I, did, I just didn't want it to be like. Woman. Yeah. I didn't want it. I, want, I don't want to be she tight She lynches cast. everybody. Like, you I know lynch how, everybody. You know how Botero on, does all fat people? You would be. Let's yeah. Just lynch everybody. I just, just lynch people. No, I honestly, I no, I just lynch white people. We need to be up on our on our things, on our feeds. I should have told like my friends. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> my my friends my friends are savage. They like they like racist. <laughs> it's mostly my like Latina my white presenting Latina friends who Actually, are like was, I'm angry yeah. too. So uh, so Kathy Griffin was was on this last week. She was on Colbert. I honestly, I took her side. I didn't know yeah. why she was canceled. I no. thought it was really stupid. I thought it was just like white people, just like. And this is what I mean about like she's white, but she was, but very, she's not performing okay. whiteness. And so it was the, too and much. So what the what, she got treated like a black person. For where the culture kind of uh, happens here because she was, you know, she was a periphery. She had a pass on the culture. She was friends of the gays, and she was D list and whatever, and she could make sassy sassy white girl jokes all the time and Mm -hmm. there was you know but the culture was mad quiet when money when scared white money pulled her card the culture did not speak up for her 
Which is sad. I mean, personally, I didn't speak up because I don't really know her work. I think the gays should have spoken up because she belongs to them. So the gays don't care about anybody but the gays. Well, then, oh, you shit. know, well, you know, she hopped on the wrong boat. But I'm just saying I didn't I didn't stand Let's, up for her because wait, I don't really what if know she her. Did some, if she did <laughs> I'm not jumping like in. I'm not going to jump in the front of a bus for a random white woman. I don't know. OK, you're not going to die. And neither bus. will anybody. <laughs> no. So, no, obviously the gay community cares about. But there's intersectionality, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. But I think it is. I think it is funny that the uh, money community just dropped her no matter how liberal it was that was just really weird that because there wasn't I think the, an outlet for her yeah at all well because i don't remember her act ever being like particularly political or her ruffling any feathers Even colbert's interview of her this week was chilly it's the chilliest interview I've i feel ever like there's more been. to this story because honestly a sev- like people have been burning leaders in effigy okay. since the dawn of time so the the more to the story about this and i don't want to make this a kathy griffin show but the the thing about it was as soon as every as soon as the rug got pulled from under her uh, by media, she went on like YouTube on her own means or whatever and just cried into the camera. Yeah, that wasn't great. And so she really did not take it on the chin. She did not Colin Kaepernick like she wasn't Colin Kaepernick about it. She was crying wrong ass white girl about it. Which is why she's and in I was just, she see, I was entitled. defending was her. Entitled. I was just defending her. It was entitled forgot, ass crying. I forgot about it that. It was yeah. entitled. This is how they, they pull That's you in. The, I'm sitting here defending her, and then now and then, she goes and cries white girl tears. She did cry white girl tears. Oh, was, a lot of white girl tears. See, that's the thing. No matter how respect. much I try to get out of the paradigm, there was they no, stay fucking with me. There was no nobility about how she took it. Yeah. She didn't say... So instead of saying, instead of saying what Colin Kaepernick said is... If I'm going to be on this cross, mm-hmm. I'm going to carry this right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not going to cry to the NFL. Mm-mm. They're not going to see me sweat. Mm-mm. I'm going to stay strong. I'm going to stay noble. Uh, and I'm going to care. I'm going to wear this. I sacrificed my career. Yes, I did. And I'd do it again tomorrow. That's how he took it. Instead, she was like, this was this is wrong. I've been wrong. No one's been wrong like me. No one's been wrong oh, was- like me. And that's the yeah. thing. Wait, what? Wait. Uh, oh, it was, what it was it? basically. Like, that's the that thing was, that we don't like mean? about it. I mean, because I mean, she she's like, uh, you no, know, you know, whatever. And it's like, I mean, honestly, you know, she's like, um, she she honestly thought she was Lenny Bruce of today's uh, today's. You, I did not know lo, no Lenny Bruce, but uh, I'm gonna on a hunch here. She is not you fucking Lenny Bruce. Are no Lenny no. Bruce. I'm sorry. You tell nice long winded stories. That have you know maybe a joke uh, every three minutes, um, and sometimes it's really funny. You're not my cup of tea, um, and you should have carried this better. Uh, it was unseemly uh, the way you carried. Again, this. I have this strong sneaking suspicion that the what I thought about the whole sever head thing was while this is new, it seemed like an attention grab because for somebody who doesn't talk about she's politics shameless. At all, yeah, yeah, she doesn't but talk she about politics at us. all. But embrace that shamelessness. Like embrace so, that that shadiness. Like so, go for it. But, but Just do the thing. Let's so did like, she Oh, everyone hates Trump. This is a safe person to hate. Let me sever his head. So she did not commit treason against the movement. No. 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 She did not I mean this is an act of get the fuck out of here and how she carried it, not the picture. The mm-hmm. afterwards. How she carried it. So that's a minor that's like a misdemeanor, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, 
she didn't bear false witness. She didn't lie to, I mean, to the extent that she be- she believes that she's such so much of a victim in this situation mm-hmm. um, where when there's people who <laughs> were in jail for 20 years, you know, on some racist yeah. shit and you uh, just. But I feel but I feel like yeah. her intent was all of those things. It was just she fucked up on the execution. So it's kind of like somebody fucking up a big robbery. They were still going to rob the place, which is, I mean, you're a lawyer, so I don't know. So my question to you is this. Was the culture right for turning their back on her? I think so, yeah. For, you know, and the culture isn't always right. Even though we only have her on misdemeanor, get the fuck out of here. I mean, we we didn't do anything. I mean, it's just indifferent. She she got excommunicated. She just didn't get in. She got a passive-aggressive non-invite to the cookout. But it was also not even... It was from the money Dwight culture. Yeah, that, so, that so she, was, she didn't get... But that so goes like, back to the theme of docile bodies where I feel like this race war that's happening is in between white people. Yeah. Because that's who's who's really fighting. Now, they're lever- the thing that people of color don't like about is that why, why they're leveraging we, our shit. Why didn't we help her? Mm. Because black lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> because there are more important things going on, yeah. Okay. Like than and, her and, sadness and about not making money was okay, and she was fine. Like I, let's not pretend that I'll, she was. Like, I'll say, I'm sorry. Like in the history of like political shock art, you know, severed head of a one of the most hated presidents ever is is not really like no. that's not that's like serial. I'll I say I'll I, say this is the first person that I will say uh, did not deserve excommunication. Uh, now I, I, she was I on the D list. I think she started off excommunicated. <laughs> <laughs> she just wasn't she just, on the radar. She, she, she was never on the radar. At this point, th- we're doing her a favor by excommunicating right. her. We're this is about you now. So, so I guess we'll move on to the next uh, person, Quinn Norton. Uh, she is a she was a very uh, famous tech writer. Uh, I mean, famous. You know, how many tech writers do we know? Mm-hmm. Uh, none. So she was a tech writer. She got a lot of notoriety. She got a job at New York Times to be, you know, um, uh, their, uh, a tech writer of theirs, which, you know, listen, New York Times is still New York Times. It's still the gold standard. Uh, so she got that gig, and then um, it came out that she was friends with the webmaster of the Daily Stormer, mm-hmm. which is basically the New York Times for Nazis. <laughs> And um, the the interesting twist here is her response to the uproar. And by the way, she she took being fired by uh, the New York Times like a champ. Mm-hmm. She said, "All right." Like her her message on Twitter was, uh, "Well, that was fun uh, because she was she was announced one day, uh, and they rescinded their offer to her. She hadn't even written one article." Um, her response to the whole uh, kerfuffle was, uh, for those of you honestly concerned, I don't support Weave. Weave is the uh, um, is the Daily Stormer webmaster. Uh, I don't support Weave. That's not a given in how I define friendship. I believe white folks should engage with the racists in their life, and I believe all people are redeemable, and all people... Uh, is all people. All people. Is okay. all people. You see, there, there goes wait. the Latina, so, the so wait, roll. So she's, so while, uh, while we have eye rolling out of her freaking head <laughs> over here. And lip pursing. Don't forget the lip pursing. It's and important. lip pursing. Um, you know, uh, she's calling us out, D. Mm-hmm. 
I think she she I she mean is, isn't that what we're she's doing talking right to us? Now? Well, I mean, okay. She's so, saying <laughs> all people are redeemable. Yeah. Isn't that what well, we're saying? That's what that's exactly what we're saying. So, I mean, this is Are we about it? Yeah. She's basically saying we have a failure to be about shit. And and I I mean, based on just this quote, I know nothing else. Based on just this quote, I agree with her. She said, "I'm friends with a Nazi." Yeah. Someone's got to be. Can we can we be friends Does with Nazis? Be? Can we be friends with yeah, Nazis? Yeah, because because I'm, and I'm just talking about it from a tactical standpoint. Of course, Diane would argue about being friends with Nazis. Go ahead. Because I want to hear this. Okay, so um, so right after Trump got elected, you know, my Facebook feed was just like angry white people, uh, like that are angry at their white relatives. You know, and there was one in particular who is uh, my friend's girlfriend, and she, like, every morning, like, clockwork, I'd get three, like, Facebook messages from, like, these angry white women. Sometimes you're, no, not apologizing, but complaining to me about the racist white women in their lives and how they can't deal. And I was just like, listen, yeah, they're being racist. You gotta do work. But I was just like, but you ignoring them is what got us here in the first place. I cannot go up to a Midwestern white woman and be like, bitch, you racist. You're an entitled bitch and you're ruining this country and all your children are going to die. Yeah. She's not going to hear that from me, but she'll hear that Counterpoint, from her eye roller. <laughs> I, so, yeah, so, well, you've seen my argument on this, is that, like, the, you know, the women, the white women who really enjoy doing the, we're not the 53%, like, that's bullshit because you're oh, enabling. You you're, enabling you're enabling the 53%. If you are not uninvited from every single holiday gathering where your terrible racist Aunt Mildred is sitting there at the head of the table talking about how she hates black folks, like, if you're not uninvited from her so table. Do we have to, like, beat grandma with a drumstick? Or? Yes. No. Just bring home a black boyfriend. Just yeah, black boyfriend. Just start about, popping out brown babies. Thing. But like you should, you should at least be causing discord. And if you're well, not, and if you can't, and mm-hmm. it's, if you can't, it's understandable. But if you can't, then you really can't distance yourself from other white women. And just say not me. Right, you can't say the not me. You have to say, I guess I also. Yeah, are you calling it out? Well, right. and that and that is an example of white privilege is the option to opt out the second it's inconvenient for you. Meanwhile, black people are getting shot, people are getting lynched, people are getting shot in front of their wives and children, right. doing nothing. Um, just every, I have not gone a single day without hearing about some black person who's had some atrocious thing happen so, to them. So let me actually agree with you here. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, and do some do some real devils advocating here. Uh, and so I went to Arkansas for a wedding last year, and I was at a barbecue some days before uh, the wedding. And uh, my my host, the person who who I was uh, um, there with, introduced me to uh, their cousin. Uncle whatever his name is, right? And so, uh, you know, uh, Uncle Jim. Let's call him Uncle Jim. So Uncle Jimbo? Uncle Jim. So uh, my my friend introduced me and said, "This is uh, this is Juan. He's an attorney from New York City." And it's like, oh, and they're all like, their brains were cramping trying to come up with an attorney joke. They're trying to come up with a lawyer joke, and I'm like, that I've heard them all. Heard <laughs> I've heard them all, and you know, I'm like, you're gonna start with uh, like ten thousand lawyers at the bottom of the sea, whatever. Like ten thousand. What about a hundred thousand? Right. So, um, and we get through that part, and they're like, we have a joke around here. We tell around these parts. Um, 
you know, uh, I'm going to use the last name, the Smiths. Smiths are famous around here. Everybody knows the Smiths. And, uh, you know, they don't have so good of a reputation. So what we say is when you tell a nigger to go back to Africa, you tell him to carry a Smith underneath each arm. So this is the joke he told me. Before he, knows, he knew my name was Juan. He knew I was from New York City. Um, but because I look white, clearly I will see the humor in the, well, of course you're going to tell black people to go back to Africa, but while you're at it, take a Smith with you because they're just as bad as black people. So this is the joke I heard. What, you know, what is the right response for a passing Latino? Because clearly that's why I was uh, the privileged, uh, I had the privilege to hear this joke. Uh, so what was I supposed to do? Shut the fuck up. Right. My- <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of there. Well, okay. I was. <laughs> you were also in, in the dangerous. Position. I was yeah, in like remote ass Arkansas. But you know what? I didn't think. So I didn't think. I about- think. I think this. I think this would be an example of a transracial moment, and I'll explain what I mean. Like, so you know, trans trans women are are, are you, you know are highly you, targeted. Are highly you changing targeted. Your mind on Rachel Dolezal? No. No, no, no. Well, I mean, no. I was actually. Did we say transracial is not a thing? No, but I'm I'm exploring it. I never said it's completely not a thing. <laughs> I don't think anything's not. You know, I'm I'm an academic, but um, but one of the experiences that trans people will have is, you know, they when they pass and say they haven't had you know surgery or something like that. There's always this element of danger when that person finds out. That you're not cisgendered, yeah. and 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 I feel like the same dynamic is playing out from a racial standpoint because I've heard that same story from other white people or other white passing people, and they'll come back and tell me like, "Hey, actually, when I moved to Ohio, the first so, couple of weeks, people would just be like, don't go there, don't go there. That's where all the racists are and everything like that.' And there's this kind of like hazing ritual, like, "Are you one of us? And if you don't opt in, so I'll tell the whole story. I'll finish the whole story." So at that moment, I did smile, uh, and we went on to the next topic. We went on to talk about a lot of different things. Uh, very quickly after that, uh, we talked about, you know, uh, the inner city uh, and people of color and all this stuff. And we talked about policy and blah, blah, blah. And I got them to admit what Miss Scoggins uh, could not admit, which is that there are large-scale economic reasons for the problems in the inner city. So we had a real discussion where I really engaged with them on the underlying issues, and I feel like calling them a racist or saying don't say that wouldn't have afforded me the opportunity to have that discussion. So while... I didn't applaud the joke while I didn't laugh at the joke. Uh, I did an uncomfortable smile. Should I have called it out? Um, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was early. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a long game. I knew it wasn't the fourth quarter. And I wanted to be in the game. I wanted to be in the game. I wanted to talk to these people. I wanted to engage with them. I wanted to learn about them. Um, and I thought it would be a conversation ender to call it out. It might have been a life ender. <laughs> I mean, well, that's yeah. the thing. That's the interesting thing because when we start talking about racial relations in in 
in this spectrum, it, things become very nuanced because like, you know, for, as you all know, I'm, I'm married to, you know, a white man. Um, and he has a blasphemy. His, fam- his family's white. Like both his parents are white. Um, we you may know. have to excommunicate him. <laughs> oh my God. You might, you might. But I, I've seen these conversations go down and, you know, there's a major difference when that person is automatically in us. There's a certain safety that family's not going to kill their other family for standing up for a black person. However, if you are seen as, you know, passing, then there's that, you know, that, that, oh, I've been tricked rage that, that you can be a victim to. Whereas, and that's where the one drop rule comes back into play Mm -hmm. because, you know, the, one of the, the conversations that's been kind of bustling about, um, in the studio, you know, the past couple of weeks has been like a lot of the people at the forefront of, you know, activism stuff are light skinned, biracial, white passing people. Jay Smooth. He's getting older now. People don't even know right he's behind black. us. Yeah, right, right behind, behind us. us. Um, you know, he owns hiphopmusic.com and has been a writer on hip hop and race relations for 30 years. And, you know, an inspiration of this show. Yeah. And yeah, in a lot of ways, the inspiration for this show. And, you know, I I was actually talking to one of my white lady friends and um, I was having another white lady rant. And I was just like, this is a really hard thing to say. But like when I think about what has helped me battle white supremacy as a black woman on a day to day basis, it has been my white allies. Like black people always gave me support, kinship, love, you know. But as far as understanding how white supremacy works in a way that would allow me to protect myself as a black woman, it was always white people that were kind of on the insides that would just kind of like be like, listen, or confirm things that, you know, I'm not around white people enough to, to know. I suspect, but I don't know, you know. What do you do when people say racist things around you? I'm a terrible person and like I get really like... <laughs> I I I really like <laughs> like Diane see me. I I go off. Um and I probably I do stop conversations. <laughs> like with family though, you're right. Like there's there is a safety like not just meeting someone, just meeting someone. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I've definitely like one white woman found out I was Puerto Rican halfway through arguing with her and she dropped that spick bomb real quick. Um Ooh. so I was super excited about that. Um but right, that's is that the conversation. When you, is that when you took the hoop earrings off? And like pulled up my hair, yeah. <laughs> pulled up um, your hair, get the Vaseline going. Get the Vaseline. Get it happening. Um, but like with family, I do, you do try to engage in a way that you know they'll respond to. With a stranger, you don't necessarily know what they'll respond to. I think, it, I think if you use your privilege. Yeah, that you have to. For rebel. good. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too. Then, then, then you get a pass. For not calling it out right away, maybe you ask. Maybe I mean, you don't and call out culture is and one of the things that we've been kind of fighting against because call out culture isn't very productive. It's calling set, culture, call, calling like calling in. Oh, calling like in. in, yeah. Because the truth is, is that like we're not talking about you know the redneck making his own bullets, you know, in the woods waiting for the race. Him. You can't talk to him. But I there are there's this whole middle ground. I think of Jim white was people. that guy. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, you say whatever the fuck but, you need. You know, I, <laughs> we made friends. We talked about things. We came to, like, there's a lot of mutual I, ground. I do kind of have a soft spot in my heart for rednecks, but from a distance. Yeah. But as far as, like, there's, 
as far as engaging in white supremacist actions, internalizing white supremacy um, in your behaviors, there's also this giant middle ground of well-meaning white people who, because they don't want to name racism, don't even want to, they just want to put it down. Yeah, don't be divisive and ignore it all the time. You know, even if they don't know how to not be racist, and we all are racist. White in a supremacy lot of ways. is a hell of a so, job. Yeah. So does Quinn deserve to be canceled? Oh, uh, yeah. Quinn Norton for for being friends for with, being friends with. Yeah, I don't. I think when we start going down the line of people that people are friends with, because she straight up said, "I don't support him." And there's a lot of people I can say that about that are my friends. I wouldn't have called Jim my friend. Yeah. If you're not punching Nazis, then what about Neruda? Uh, Neruda just happened to hey, shout out to Neruda. Hi, he, Neruda. He uh, he was put uh, <laughs> he was canceled from Facebook for uh, I think three months now, <laughs> two months now. That's me. They, they just that's let a him back lot on. for Facebook. They just let him back on. So what about yes. Neruda? I mean, I've been friends with Neruda most of my adult life. Um, you know, and he was always he was always doing crazy shit. He never did it to me, but like he was always doing crazy shit. And as we got older, it became less and less defendable. Yeah. Like, you know, like just things I would hear from third parties that he did um, or said to people. And now I know him, so I understand the context of it a little more. Right. And I and I fundamentally but like no he's not one a, in yeah. our audience knows what we're talking about. So um, I have a friend of mine, uh, Haney Ruta, um, who is a comedian. Um, and we kind of wild shit. He says wild shit, but he was also very influential to me as an artist because he was he one featured of first, in some of your work. Yeah, he's featured in a lot of my and especially a lot of my early work. But he was one of those friends that gave me the courage to push boundaries. And as artists, I think it is not only our job, but like to we, be bold, to be bold and to cross the line. So that other people don't necessarily have to. We're like the sacrificial lambs. We know where the line is because we cross it. But then he became he's a, he's a habitual. He's a habitual line. He's 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 a professional line crosser, and so I understand that process. But I also understand other people not understanding that process. So I don't even try to defend him. I don't try to defend him. All right, you know, and yeah, but he's not being racist yet. <laughs> 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 if there, whatever you're not supposed to do uh, is th- what neighbor is going. I, think, I mean, I guess we're talking about the definition, and her definition of friendship just means people that she has a cordial relationship with, and obviously, you know, to be friends with a webmaster and you're a tech reporter, yeah, but then, oh, you, you have to work your sources. And you kind of have to make your sources believe you're friends with them to be able to get the right information yeah. about what it is they're doing. So if if she needs him as a source to report on what fucking Nazi internets are doing then i get that if i only Um, photographed people i liked and were good people i'd have no photographs yeah no because she she just systematically chooses awful people to photograph yeah that's what you feature in most of your early work (laughs) terrible people no i'm saying that you know this idea of if what Everyone's got something wrong with them that doesn't work in a public discourse. Sure, okay. And the orthodoxy. We're over. Hey, we're over the orthodoxy. We, we and, as a as a show, if we have an ethos, it's that that that. Uh, and if we're really going to challenge racism, we're not going to challenge it by yelling at each other. Yeah. We're going to challenge it by being by reclaiming. We our need humanity. to break down us and them. We need. Yeah, we need to break down us and them because you know 
there are people, you know, and I'm, I'm not so naming names that, a, that I had some issues with, so, but we became family. So can we can exonerate her then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she can she be. Is, yeah, we need to I take her off the burning funeral pike pyre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Queen, you're okay by us, even though the New York Times is too chicken shit to hire you. Yeah. Um, you probably should think of a new definition for friendship. Yeah, you should probably not. And you should probably way. say he's a trusted source. That's probably a better word. You could say, um, but I think we're going we're, we're as a subject, going down the wrong road. You when have we start a level of respect for him, hmm? you know, even though you don't co-sign anything that he says. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, because I think I respect, as a public, you don't like, want to say you respect. Your friend, a Nazi, and I'm saying, hey, that friend is they're trash, like you know that's something. But if I don't, go, but know the Nazis had such and we start great making uniforms. it okay for people who don't know other people <laughs> to start judging their personal Hugo choices. Boss. There's yeah. a lot of choices that I make. Volkswagen that may or may not make sense in the public. The Nazis eyes. did a few and things you don't right. Get a chance to explain yourself, or <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he saved her from a fire when they were five. Like you don't know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's problematic to be even. So I mean, I'm having a, a, a discussion off off mic with our producer here about the word respect. So I said I wouldn't call him a friend. I wouldn't call a Nazi a friend because I think like my definition of friend is that you roll with that dude. And mm-hmm. that they wouldn't yeah. kill you, right? And 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 they don't believe that you're subhuman. Yeah, yeah. Um, Basic. But uh, uh, and then I said maybe there's a level of respect, and you know, uh, Andy over in the booth uh, is going, "What the fuck?" He's just he's, he's not no. with that word. You cannot I, respect I a Nazi. <laughs> I, I like okay. So what? it's problematic. No, it sounds weird coming out of out of my mouth. No, but like, it sounds bad. But what about like what's his name? Like Richard Spencer, the one with the hipster haircut when got punched oh in the face. god, god isn't god, he the one that put the dildo so up his ass how many times oh no that was that other guy but uh, he's not how many times have you watched that video of him oh, getting I love, punched it, in the I face i do it when i need to be in my happy place watch right, him get, get punched in the face crazy juice crazy crazy <laughs> juice now but like what about if somebody's friends with like their their biffle is richard spencer i don't want to hang out with that person yeah i don't want to hang out with that person yeah you would ask is the nazi going to be there here's the thing I then, not then i'm not coming me. on a personal I'm not, level i'm not i'm not going bowling with you and the nazi no here's the thing on a personal level would i do any of that shit no would i fuck with anyone who does any of that shit absolutely not but would you be taking the lawyer hat once we start down the road of policing the relationships of people we don't know from a public space. You're not allowed to put that hat on. The, the, the advocate hat? hat? <laughs> the lawyer I'm just hat. Saying, I don't want to, I was just using a lawyer word, precedence. I don't want to set the precedence that it is okay for a bunch of people out in internet land that I don't know to start making judgments about my personal life. There's a public sphere and a private sphere, and it is eroding into a lynch mob. And it starts off with us collectively having judgments about people's personal choices and somehow making that okay. And it, and it goes into Handmaid's Tale. How is it different than what the right wing does? Where they sit there and say, hey, gay people can't get married because somehow it interferes with my marriage, even though they're getting married all the way over there, doing absolutely nothing to do with me. Her friendships have absolutely nothing to do with me. Now, if it trickles down into her writing... And she's a public figure that has something to do with me. But when we start firing people okay. because they're friends with people, and Nazis are great because Nazis are people yeah. we can universally hate, and it's they're a, great. They're the example right. that, that everyone goes yeah. to as, in the slippery slope. 
Everyone goes to Nazi. Well, they go to Nazi, but then there's also then the redefinition of Nazi, which is what I have a problem with. Like, oh no, they're not neo-Nazis. They're nationalists. Yeah, they're nationalists. Or they're proud boys. Or they're or, just. Oh God, the proud boys. Why can't we be proud of Western culture? Because just you can be lo- you can be proud of being African, like, and I can't be proud of being white. No, you have mayonnaise. Like I don't. How come there's no White History Month? Every other month, every other. All every lives other matter. Month. We have like half a month. But that's like the be- like two half. That's months. the beauty of this country, and I'm gonna be like a little like patriotic immigrant for a second. But like that is the beauty of this country is the diversity. Because right now, as we're having this conversation, I need her to be angry. I need no, you to be logical. <laughs> like I need all these. You things brought to happen me here at the to be time. the angry Latina. Yes. Like oh. yes, yes, and because I'm the angry black woman. But you have to have some balance. <laughs> I, we gotta have balance. I'm like Andy and I, for example. Palatable. You know, like, we can't be mad at the same person at the same time. Otherwise, we'll burn everything down and nothing's left. Burn it to the ground. However, you okay, know. Before the- we burn everything down, I, love I think we need to move on. No. Yeah. Because we have, this so is, many. we're only one third through this uh, podcast. Because of the sheer breadth of the sins and the number of defendants amongst the white women, We will adjourn this session and convene on the morrow.